Go. Welcome to Connectivity. Today we're going to be talking about E3, uh, the aftermath of E3. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and today I'm joined by Zach Miller. Hi! And Donald Terrio. This show has done some things to me I don't really think I can get into. <laughs> You've come out a scarred man. And that was just the last last night of podcasting. <laughs> so your uh, four-hour epic um NFL, right? No, it was the night before that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save that for off the air, though. Okay, let's... Um, I thought maybe... Because I don't think, Zach, you've been... You, you haven't been on any podcast. No, uh, man. Three, right? My time so, zone has not allowed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just jump in straight into some of your thoughts. Uh, what did you think coming out of E3? Uh, I'm glad I didn't go this year. <laughs> it was uh it was just it was i, I think uh, one of the rfn guys or, or one of in on one of james's uh podcasts he said something with, that i thought was right nintendo gave us everything we wanted just not in the way we wanted it like kalafi got his animal crossing game but it's essentially a free-to-play mario party clone uh, we all got our Metroid Prime game, but it's not Metroid Prime. It's it's this chibi-fied four-player Monster Hunter thing uh, that looks rushed out the door. Um, we we didn't get even a hint of Zelda Wii U. We got this three swords thing that has online multiplayer, but according to Neil doesn't really work without communication which you don't have uh according to that article he wrote Mm. and then we got star fox but i mean i don't know about you guys but i thought star fox just kind of looked underwhelming and i'm excited for star fox i think it looks good yeah it i mean it does look it does look good it just looks kind of like star fox 64 um with transformers that's what i've been asking for for yeah that's true star fox 64 Dash two. Yeah, and they're they're implementing some Star Fox two stuff, and that is cool. But mm. like, and there's just can you just release Yoshi already? Good lord, stop showing us Yoshi and release it. Eh, I'm buying it on Thursday. Oh yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a really funny tweet. You guys probably saw it. Um, uh, there was somebody posted a screenshot of that woman sitting in front of all those uh, Yoshi amiibos and it said whatever her name is, with the worldwide supply of Yoshi Amiibos. (laughs) And then it turns out that in France, some of the Amiibos somehow got destroyed. Oh, you're kidding me. Nope. Wow. So, So, yeah. And then we we got a bunch of, of, you know, Amiibo news, more Amiibo stuff, all these Animal Crossing Amiibos, and and, uh, the Mario, the 8-bit Mario Amiibo, which is enormous. Is it really? How much bigger is it? It's huge. Uh, and it, it actually looks... Mario Maker looks like a cool game. 
they're they're really pushing it as their big kind of holiday title, but I don't know if it like it's not for me. I'm not going to buy that game because I just don't have the patience or creativity to make a good level. Mm. Yeah, you do have to be sort of um interested in creating stuff to yeah. to really get into that game. Like I'm pretty uh, hyped for it because I um I like doing that sort of stuff. Even if I don't, you know, I might not go fully deep into it, but I'm going to probably create at least I don't know twenty or thirty levels over the the course of well, that's my good. time with it. That's so, good. Yeah, uh, and then that um, that extended Mario Maker montage and the B Super Mario video thing. I thought this is their placeholder for nothing, not having any big reveal at the end. There's no oh my god, it's Zelda U, or oh my god, it's a Metroid Prime 4, you know, a a showstopper. That was the main thing I think uh, I took away from the presentation. Like, most of the games they showed that are going to be out this year or early next year are all very, um, seem to be at least, like, they're going to be fun to a degree. And their direct um, presentation just lacked that extra punch, that, surprise we needed a bigger surprise i mean they had some surprises but they were all like you know 3ds games so yeah a sort of b-tier 3ds games uh it's hard to get excited about that stuff uh even no matter how good they turn out to be just sort of seeing the trailers and things for those sort of games like you go oh yeah that's that's interesting but yeah it's never exciting enough no and james made a good point when he said that They showed trailers for Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem Cross Shin Megami Tensei and Mm. Xenoblade X, but God knows if anyone knows what the heck was going on in those things, because they were Japanese. Yeah, yep. You know, they didn't show any gameplay. Shouldn't they be pushing Xenoblade X uh, five months, six months from release, showing you what it is? I mean, it'll probably get its own direct, but come on, guys, show us some gameplay. Show us something. Don't leave it all to the treehouse. Yeah, um, they needed to make Xenoblade exciting uh, again for people, especially because a lot more people watch the E3 direct than they would like. A lot of people don't usually watch the other directs, you know. Like, yeah. um, there's more of an eye on them, and if you're not going to excite people, they're not going to buy a Wii U. Yeah. And even Reggie's comment at the beginning, he said, you know, we've, we were working on this NX, but we'll tell you more about it in 2016. My immediate thought was, oh, my God, all the big games are going over to the NX. They're not putting mm. any development time or dollars into Wii U. Well, it, it makes sense to a degree. Um, oh, of course it does. It know, just, they it don't just want to get... put a damper on the rest of the show. Like, oh, this is, yeah. this is the end of the life stuff. Mm. I w- they should have. I w- would have been. I uh, would have liked them to have put next level on a Wii U game instead of 3DS, like the Metroid Force yeah. um, Federation Force. Um, I don't. Maybe it's because the turnaround on that game is quicker, like quicker than we think it is. But they could have probably, you know, put that onto Wii U instead of 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they had more. I don't know if they had more budget. I mean, it doesn't look great. It it looks like, you know, it it doesn't look very good. It does certainly doesn't look like a Metroid Prime game. Mm. I don't know. They could man. have. They should have um, maybe even taken the opportunity just to put out a new IP. Uh, yeah. 
there's no real reason it seems to slap the Metroid name on it other than saying, hey, look, there's a Metroid game. Exactly right. So, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with it overall. And, you know, honestly, uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but once the realization came along that Last Guardian is not coming out till late 2016 or might get pushed back even more because that's the curse of that game. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, who knows when that's actually coming. There was not a whole lot at E3 this year for me Mm. in in the near future. They didn't even show Ratchet & Clank at Sony's conference. So I was like, well, who fucking cares this year? Really? they put out a trailer, didn't they? Yeah, before they? the show, but they never. Yeah. They sh- oh. probably should have ran it during the show. Right. That's right. Especially, yeah. especially yeah, where the, there's. I saw the pre-show trailer. Yeah, but and there's I salivated. A, yeah, because they got a movie coming out for that as well, so they could have taken yep. the opportunity to plug that. The game but, based on the movie, based on the trailer, based on the game. <laughs> so you're not down with the rare replay then. Oh shit! No, yeah, Rare Replay looks amazing, but I just have so many questions. They only, they only had playable versions of the HDified games they already have on Xbox Live, uh, and I want to know if uh, I want to know if other games in that collection are uh, upresed in some way. Like Jet Force Gemini is in there, but that game looks terrible now, and I want to know if if they've improved it at all. Things like that. If there's one thing that'll make me buy an Xbox One, it's that. They've shown screenshots of uh, Blast Core and um, Jet Force Gemini Blast and Core! stuff. Blast <laughs> uh, And the the screenshots make it look like they are um, a lot like they're sharper. Oh, than, maybe. Than on the sixty four. So there oh. is at least maybe something like the Wii U, uh, the Wii Virtual Console, where they're just internally uh, raising the resolution. Okay. Um, Maybe they've got that coming on, um, but um, the rare replay does look does look good. It is a crime <laughs> that's not on a Nintendo system because so many of those games are Nintendo games. Good lord, they've got Battletoads Arcade on that collection. That alone might make me buy a Wii uh, Xbox One. So great, yeah. It that that was good. You're right. Well, what were your feelings on the show? Um, yeah, my feelings on the show were pretty much what I said before. Um, there, it was sort of interesting to watch, but there was no surprise really. There's no nothing really to get excited about besides, like I like I said, I'm pretty excited for Star Fox. Yeah. Um, I think Nintendo's um, the stance on Nintendo's E3 will soften as we get closer to the release of a lot of these games. Um, because I think because a lot of the Nintendo stuff is coming sooner rather than later. True. So, um, you know, they may have lost E3 in terms of excitement and mind share, but I think over the f- next few months, people will come around and say, oh, this game's coming out. It's, that's good. Uh, you should, people should like consider getting a Wii U for these games that are coming out. Yeah. Um, I think that's generally how the last few E3s for Nintendo have gone but um, aside from last year's where they sort of um, even with a limited uh, amount of games they managed to pull out excitement from people uh, especially with the the Treehouse 
um, when they did the treehouse last year yeah. because no one else, had, uh, none of the other companies were doing that sort of thing and it surprised everyone. Yeah, last year so, they had Splatoon and they had Smash Brothers and they had a yeah, bunch Splatoon, of heavy hitters. Splatoon was um, a great reveal last year. As soon as they the trailer rolled on that last year, that was pretty exciting. And we did get we did get the snippet of Zelda last year as well. Right. So um, overall, the direct was edited better, and um, yeah, I guess some of the content was probably a bit more exciting in last year's. Uh, direct video this year they they tried to recapture some of that by going behind the scenes and showing us like talking to the developers like they had the thing with Miyamoto and Star Fox right and then they had uh, another Yoshi segment with about the amiibos and stuff like that but uh like I think those segments only worked last year because we weren't as familiar with the games that those games that they went into that sort of detail on. Yeah. Um, and they were a bit more of a surprise. So you had the initial surprise of the, the trailer or the reveal of the game. And then they took a breather and went down and spoke about how the Yoshi team went to a yarn store and picked out different fabrics and things like that, Yeah, <laughs> which was cool. Like I thought that was cool last year, but it, those segments fell flat to me this year. Yeah, I well, there, it was. I think it was only the two that you mentioned, and and they were just mm. kind of wedged in there. I, I think I think we've heard that story from Miyamoto before about the origins of Star Fox. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. I was not. Uh, I don't know. How about How about you, Donald? You've been pretty quiet here. I I didn't wasn't really feeling the direct. I mean, I had most of it sent to me beforehand so I could get news stories ready. But oh right, yeah. So I did. I directly asked Neil, "Are we sure this is it?" And <laughs> aside from my game of the show showing up in there, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, there wasn't a whole lot in the direct. I mean, I I thought the trios was great this year, but some of the decisions about what they chose to show, both in the video and the treehouse, left me a little baffled. Like, why would you bury? fatal frame on day three and why would you put mm. or why would you not show devil's third at all because we know that yeah. video yeah. exists isn't it coming out in august for europe devil's... and japan yes oh is it oh but okay nothing's oh. been confirmed for that game for north america well, why wouldn't they show fatal frame in the direct i i'm not sure they only they literally only showed it on day three of the treehouse live yeah mm. See, that it, one. Even if they didn't want to go in in depth on the, some of these uh, more secondary titles, they should have had some sort of sizzle reel featuring them. Like, they didn't have that at all. There was no, no like quick quick cuts of a trailer just to say, "Oh, look at these games! All these games." It would have at least made it seem like uh, they had a bit more in the schedule coming up. And they usually have an eShop sizzle reel or sizzle reel too. Uh, mm. And this year, I like that they. Uh, let people, you know, at home download all demos of all these indies. Uh, it would have been cool to see those, see a sizzle reel of those indies in the direct, and possibly yeah. call out that hey, these things are on the eShop from now until Monday. Go get them. Right. So there's there's some things they could have easily put in there that don't leave the show ending on. Well, it's probably the worst ending they've had since the Nintendo Land fireworks. 
<laughs> oh, ab- absolutely. It it felt mm-hmm. like that. It felt like a a video version of that. We have um like Mario Tennis coming out as well, which I keep forgetting about. I keep it. forgetting about it too. Yeah, like they didn't really make much of a thing about it, but hmm. it's now there it's are Mario Mega Tennis. Mushrooms, but it's Mario Tennis. Mm. They, I. Uh, yeah. I have a problem with the items in Mario Tennis. I don't. I really don't like the fluff they add to the game. It's like they wanted to make a big deal out of the fact that you know it's the 30th anniversary of Mario, but you've got Mario Maker, which admittedly is going to be most of that, and then a tennis game and an RPG that doesn't come out till next year. Yeah, I I said this on the um, reaction show that we did. Like I was expecting some sort of HD remake of something just to fill out the schedule yeah. a little more. It was it would have been easy for them to do. I, you know, Mario Sunshine was a good, uh, probably like a good choice really um, to put that out again in HD. That like I don't know why that they haven't decided to do another one. They did Wind Waker and that was it. Well, they I guess they just want to be so different than everyone else because everybody else was showing stuff that's next year or in Sony's case later and mm. padding out the schedule with HD remakes while Nintendo theoretically has eight first-party games coming out on the Wii U before the end of the year. Yeah. So they, I guess they didn't feel the need to just have that filler in there. What do yeah. you guys think about... Um, because going into E3, it seemed like Nintendo was uh, getting a, a, some, a bunch of announcements out of the way because uh, we all, that made us think we were going to be getting like, a big E3 that had more important things to, to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But do you guys think they should have just waited and rolled it all into the digital event? Um... Yeah, or or at the very least, they could have, you know, leaked some things and then saved other things for the direct. They could have just kind of padded that information, or not padded out, organized those reveals better. Mm. Uh, I think it would have been good to, uh, they should have held the mother thing for the direct. Absolutely. And could have gone live after that went out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that I al- would have been pretty good. I almost wonder if they maybe should have put a couple of those Smash updates in there, if only to save the eShop from buckling. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the, but I suppose going with DLC and your biggest show of the year is probably not going to make the retailers too happy. True, and they announced Lucas last year, but it it is weird they didn't make a bigger deal about Ryu, Ryu. Who plays really well. He's a really good character. I was shocked at how much I liked him. Yeah, I've only only dabbled um, with the new characters, but he seemed all right. Lucas is so much better than Ness. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Do you guys think um, Mother 3 is a lot more likely now? I I think it depends on the sales of Mother Zero. Hmm. I, I'd like to think that it is, especially where they could easily, you know, put the code in with the Lucas Amiibo or something. But I honestly don't know at this point because the the way they were able to put Mother or Earthbound Beginnings out is they had the game was done and translated for yeah. for English. So you could it's simple as here it's on the shop. We're charging seven bucks because it's an import title. Mm. Yeah. Mother three you. 
unless they license the translation, which let's face it, they're not going to do that. They've got to go through and actually do work on that game. So at this point, for the virtual console, I don't know. Mm. And I'm the and I'm I a mean, big Earthbound fan, so it I, could happen. It could happen at E3 next year. That'll be three years running that they've announced a virtual console mother game. <laughs> well, and that would be the 10th anniversary of Earthbound, so hmm, or Mother Three. So I suppose you could. Hmm. Hmm. Although, I mean, you know, yeah, they, they're not good with anniversaries. <laughs> that aren't Mario's. That aren't Although, Mario's, yeah. I mean, even when they Mario does have an anniversary, they they put out a, a ROM of Mario All-Stars on a disc, and, uh, and they do send us your own videos. If you want to celebrate Mario's 30th anniversary, you can, I guess. Here's a link to where you do it. So... You guys have any further thoughts on E3 in general? Like, um, do you think you're going to be happy with the games by the end of the year? Uh, what are we buying? I've the got. Best. A, oh, go ahead, Donald. Okay, I was going to say I I put about twenty pre-orders down for things on the <coughs> Nintendo systems before Jeez. the end of the year because it 20. was. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it helped. They were thirty percent off, and right. some of them I can oh, easily nice. cancel in case I get them for review, but. There is going to be a lot coming out this year, but it's a lot of a lot of A minus and B tier games. When yep. it really would help if there was something really triple A. I mean, sure, I'm probably going to love Star Fox. Bayonetta two was my game of the year last year, so I'll follow Platinum to the ends of the earth. But mm-hmm. I don't know what what the year is going to look like. It's probably going to be a pretty down year for Nintendo overall. Why didn't they say in the direct that Platinum was working on Star Fox? That's so weird to me. Are they actually? They're not like the. They're more the grunt work, right? Uh, the, the designs mainly coming from Nintendo. Yeah, isn't yeah. that how it's going? So I guess maybe they didn't want to trumpet the Platinum brand because I don't know. It's not their full like development behind it. Maybe. Um, well, Platinum's making everything out of Japan seemingly now, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they've got Scalebound, Star Fox, Near 2, Transformers. Transformers, and they're also apparently working on Project Guard to turn that into a full game. Oh, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, I kind of I think it got lost in the uh, the new shuffle around E3, but I think that came out from Eurogamer. Or, uh, hmm. I, I always thought of... of- Platinum as like a bunch of guys sitting around an office being like, we should make a game like this, and they all say okay, and and there's like ten of them, but they're quick. They've they've kind of sneakily become this enormous developer who who gets work from everybody in the world now, and good for them. Yeah. I mean, they deserve it. They they do some, they do games that nobody else will do. Even though their most of their games don't sell, they've yeah. become this prestige developer that. Um, other companies want to hire just to say, "Hey, look, we've got a really good developer, Platinum, yeah. working on this game. Not this weird ass game. <laughs> it's going to be good, but yeah, probably won't sell much. I mean, uh, Star Fox is probably going to be the their biggest, could be one of their biggest hits ever, right? Sure. Uh, um, uh, I thought the best news out of E3 was the more or less confirmation that there's going to be a Metroid Prime on NX. Uh, yeah, the developer yeah. saying, "Well, if we were making a Metroid Prime Four, it would probably not be on Wii U." 
wink, so wink, it'd, nudge, nudge. It'd be on the next console. Yeah. I have a feeling that they've already started and it was retro working oh, on I'm, it. But they've, I'm they've, sure. They've, they've probably started it on Wii U like a couple of years ago when Tropical Freeze was finishing up. But halfway through, they've gone, uh, let's pull it to yeah. NX. Let's, let's two-table this thing. Said, you know, there's not really going to be an audience for this. Like, I mean, putting it as a launch title, that, that'll be great. Like, a lot more people will buy the game, um, you know, just to have something really good Absolutely. On, on launch. Um, you know, Metroid isn't the biggest uh, selling franchise, but maybe it'll get a, a launch bump. Um, yeah, so it has maybe, an opportunity to be. Yeah, it could, you know, if, it's, if, it, if the word of mouth is really good on it, it could cross 2 million uh, units sold on it, maybe. Well, depending look, on how well the NX sells. I mean, if yeah, a lot of that's going to depend on how it sells because Twilight Princess was, what, 8 million on the Wii? Yeah. New Super Mario U, I think, is over 4 now on the Wii U, mm. which is pretty wow. darn impressive when you think about it. But mm. I, I've, if the only thing they've got for launch is a Metroid, I don't know. That they might have be Zelda 2 on that. I, hey, it'll be... <laughs> Metroid would be way better than um, a New Super Mario Brothers game. I mean, no matter oh, how absolutely. good that is, it's just you know. I think a double if they have a double header with a 3D Mario from EAD Tokyo and yeah, yeah. The, and a Metroid, mm. that would probably do that would do some damage. I think, but I still I'm pr- I'm reasonably confident that at best the NX will get an up port of the Wii U version of Zelda. It, yeah, like a it. Twilight Princess. Yeah, I can see that. Except, too. except it'll be more like uh, a re, basically a re-release of the Wii U game that came out the year before. Oh, mm. interesting. Okay. Because mm. like Xbox still... is done with some of their games. Exactly. Okay. I mean, Nintendo's not going to hopefully make the same mistake they did with Wii U. So coming out with their big guns on launch day, Metroid, 3D Mario. Even, and maybe you know uh, a slightly updated uh, Zelda from the Wii U. That that would be a pretty heavy launch lineup. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem is, what do they follow it up with? Because I I don't think they've got. They'd have to basically go great guns on the NX, and then what does that leave their next what or or whatever mm. we're calling the next console? Well, what does that leave the handheld with? You would hope that. <laughs> You'd hope that they can they can garner some early third party support um, for the next system, and that may fill out the, the, a few months after launch. Um, and then you know after the Splatoon team wraps up um, wraps up the DLC and all that ex- all the updates and things, they they may turn around and start working on a sequel to Splatoon. Even that could come out maybe a year or year and a half after launch. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, if, what they're saying about Metroid is that apparently it's going to take a while to put a put out an HD game's worth of content in that. So, right. yeah, it's kind of wishful thinking, but we're hoping that Nintendo is going to be sensible and do something, plan ahead, well yeah. ahead this time. Hire some more staff so they have you know, full sets of development teams. That one you can do. Hand, yeah. focus on handheld and one on console you don't want to be caught out like Sony where you're declaring a system legacy console three years into yeah. its life mm. hopefully Nintendo could just I don't know they should just 
buy some like tell Capcom to pay Capcom or someone to put out some games. Yeah. Uh, just fun fun development early on for the system. Just throw some money at other developers to put out get games out early and hopefully that'll be enough to get people to to buy it and then, you know, it'll, it's a positive feedback loop at that point. More developers will want to develop then. Like other like the Wii U failed mainly because of the bad word of word of mouth going into the console's launch and then afterwards there was just nothing. So, yeah, it it became an N sixty four situation where the only ones supporting it were Nintendo itself. Mm. Are is so? Do we think they go back to a stage show next year? Considering they're more than likely going to have hardware to show. Depends how confident they are in the new hardware. I guess. They have depends. A- mm. Depends what it is. Uh, if it's some sort of crazy hybrid thing, a water can pull that out of his pocket and hold it up. Yeah, I'm. I'm just wondering because I'm. Pl- I'm trying to see if it's worth plotting to get down to LA for the show next year and be on the away team instead of being on the home team this year. Oh. Mm-hmm. But if chances, but the main reason I'd want to go is because I'd want to be the first person to play the new handheld system. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was telling um, some folks today that it might be a good year to go back to E3 next year. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on their directs uh, the rest of the year, but it could mm. uh, it could happen again. It, I, it de- I, I love going, but I hate going. I've, I can say that I've, I can only say that I've done it twice, but uh, both times were love-hate thing. It, it, it take, it's going to take a lot to get me back, but I think next year might be it. I guess it depends what kind of um, E3 console showing it'll be. Will it be like uh, the Wii U's first one where it was? we all thought it was going to be a proper full reveal, but it was sort of um, early tech demo-y sort of stuff, and then the following E3 they had more they have the of real the games, stuff, right? Yeah. So what do we think if they show, do a full, like, reveal next d3 do we think it would launch 2016 like december 2016 or something um if it's more of the the soft um soft reveal that they did for the wii u we probably won't even see the console until 2017 that's true it may see two e3s i'm what i'm thinking is we're probably because next year they're gonna have to show the new handheld because 3DS is running is unfortunately running out of steam. If you look at its sales numbers, they need to do something to jazz that back up. Well, yeah, because they didn't bother unveiling any new 3DS games at all. Well, the- man, that chapped my ass too. I, I'm still looking for a reason to have bought that thing. They should have. They should have made games better on new 3DS, and they should. I don't like because uh, some of the um, reactions from the guys at E3 were saying, "Oh, they shouldn't say that." the new 3DS version is better. Like, it plays better on the new 3DS. Like, why not? You want to sell hardware, say right. it's better on the new system. Right. I bet you Hyrule Warrior is going to play real well on the new one as opposed to the oh, old yeah. one. Mm. But Hopefully they use the extra power of the new 3DS to make it actually better. Yeah, but I think next year we might there might be first reveal of what the handheld and console are going to do if they are truly one operating system as Mm, mm. Iwata has indicated they're looking to do. 
Right. So we could see a new dedicated handheld, the first of a new console, so sort of like a 2011 Wii U showing, and then who knows what else we could see as far as hardware goes. Mm. Mm. I'd be down with that. I think think that's probably right. The the, um, combined OS is going to be interesting to see how that pans out. So hopefully that means there will be one eShop where you can see everything. And then when you click on a game, it'll come up saying what systems it will play on. You know, some may be both, some may be one. Um, hopefully that's the way it goes. Yeah. That's meant to be launching in August or September, right? The new update for the uh, 3DS and... That- well, there's a there's gonna there will have been a giant maintenance by the time this mm. goes up, right. that could plant the seeds for that. But yeah. I think we were gonna get more details about the about what the new loyalty system in OS is gonna be at a shareholders meeting in October. So, oh, okay. So right. if they were planning on doing that this year, it's gonna be very late this year. Right. Hmm. Okay, so any final thoughts on anything? The future, E3, whatever? Um, Can I have Shin Megami Tensei cross Fire Emblem now? Preferably with a title (laughs) that isn't complete gibberish? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, F-E-X-S-M-T. I've just been calling it grief because I think it's like Genki Roku... I don't even remember what half the Japanese words in the current working title are. I like grief. That's a good one. Uh, I have nothing to say that I haven't said already. Yeah. All right. Let's let's leave it at that, guys. Um, Thanks for joining me again. And uh, we'll probably talk again on a future connectivity episode. So thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to a brand new segment here on Connectivity. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and today we're going to be imagining or imagineering a Metroid game. Today I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Metz from Radio Free Nintendo. Hello, Johnny. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Pretty good, thanks. Pretty good. So, are you uh, ready to talk a bit about Metroid? You're like a a huge Metroid fan? Yeah, I'm usually ready to talk about Metroid. (laughs) I thought so. Whether people want it or not. (laughs) It could be a threat, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, I was thinking we could just start off a bit about our, what are our favorite Metroid games? And uh, just a little brief background on our history with the franchise so i'll start with you what's your favorite metroid game 
Um, I, I don't want to give you the whole background on my history because it's no, complicated, no. and yeah, I've, and I've told the story before, and it's probably yes. not worth the time it would take. But my favorite 2D Metroid game, really, my like my favorite to play through is Zero Mission. And uh, I actually did a segment with uh, somebody from Connectivity. It's been a few months ago, um, but uh, but yeah, we we talked about that game a whole lot. Um, and uh, it, you know, I I adore Zero Mission. I think it's the most refined. Um, it's it's the most fun to play. Just the mechanics of it, the the control, the feel of the character, the speed of the action. Um, the, the variety and, and the naturalism of, you know, the adding things like being able to hold on to ledges, which they just took from fusion. And even though they're kind of putting it into this remake, it was never part of the original Metroid. They just said, Hey, the game plays better when you do this. It's more fun when you have this ability. So yep. let's just stick that in there. And, uh, and so to me, it, it kind of showed them going off in a really great new direction where they said, you know what, let's just make these games as fun as possible. And then we can get away with making them harder and more complicated and um, and, and even shorter, maybe. But uh, Zero Mission, I think, is just pure fun and, and probably my favorite Game Boy Advance title. It is a very uh, compact and uh, fast-paced game, I would say, yeah. My history with the franchise starts with Metroid Prime, actually. Ooh. I didn't even know uh, what Metroid was until I started sort of reading about um, Prime in magazines and things like that. Um, so that was my first go at the franchise, and it was I did like it quite a bit. I'm not the hugest Metroid fan, but you know I play most of the games that come out in the series. So as a starting point for talking about where to take Metroid in the future, I was thinking, what could be a good starting point for, say, a Wii U title? Um, I don't really know if I'd want to go back to the Metroid Prime-style game outright. So I was thinking, what if we made it third-person, like make it back into a third-person sort of game? What do you think about going that direction for the next one? Well, they kind of already did that with Other M. It's mostly sort of. third person. You know, mm. it has some brief uh, first person aiming stuff going on. But it's uh, that's mostly a third person Metroid game. And I think the third person part of it actually works really great. Like mm. that's to me, that's the best part of Other M. That's the part that that really feels like Metroid and feels like cool and exciting and like a cool new direction for, for that series. And it's where... It turns into like uh, jump kicking Ridley and in like weird interactive cutscenes and um, pointing the remote at the screen to to shoot your missiles and what's basically a glorified interactive cutscene again mm-hmm. um, is not very satisfying and, and that stuff really got in the way of what I f- I thought at at times was a really cool you know it it, it turned those familiar corridors. And, and like vertical shafts of, of the old Metroid games into this weird kind of isometric view where yeah. it made it feel more like a real place, but you were still basically in 2D level design. You know, there are very few even rooms in that game that had like a true three-dimensional uh, feel to them. In a way, and, I guess it would be um, similar to what they've done with uh, Mario series in 3D land and 3D world. It's sort of yeah. a 3D, 2D version of 
that game formula. Yeah, and you know, it's a little sloppy. Sometimes the you know, from the graphics it's hard to tell whether there might be a secret over there or not. You mm-hmm. know, I mean there's a few kind of growing pains with that transition, but I still felt like Other M at its best was kind of a step in that direction of maybe making some kind of hybrid between the 2D and the 3D games. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 Other M is kind of tragic to me because the parts of it that are good are really good, and the parts of it that are bad are really, really bad. And it, it, the whole thing is kind of a tainted experience. But it does have some cool ideas, and I would love to see them come back in a, in a game that's you know overall better, more. I more feel consistent. that one of the things about the that in contrast uh, to Other M, the Prime series, is it's a bit more plotting the. Retro games mm-hmm. are slower paced. Then Samus is nowhere near as agile, and uh, I think like the Japan, the way the Japanese developers approach Metroid, it is much more snappier and yeah. uh, it's more fun. It's le- it's a little less cer- cerebral. You know, Metroid mm. Prime is very much a it's it's in some ways maybe more directly descended from stuff like Mist. You know, it's a yeah. first person adventure game where you're literally like searching for clues in a big complicated 3d environment and trying to solve puzzles that are built into the walls you know in that way it it has more in common with like old pc adventure games and some of the later missed sequels where you did exactly the same stuff and Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i i think the prime games did suffer a little bit from that tempo you know that you lost from even from super metroid is a much faster game than the prime series and and that to me, whether you bring back, well, especially in 3D, if they're going to bring back Metroid in 3D, it's got to be fast. It's got to be yeah. as fast as other M, if not even faster, depending on the kind of game that it is. But it needs to have that quickness. I mean, it should, in that sense, you know, it, it should be something more like Ninja Gaiden or, or Bayonetta. Just at the speed of it, I still yeah. tend to think that the action, though, should be focused on just jumping and shooting. You know, mm-hmm. f- from that standpoint, it should be more like a Mega Man. And uh, doing that in 3D is tough, but um, I, I kind of feel like that's the way to go, especially mm. from a third person. What do you think about, say, like Metroid games, uh, you know, they, they try and take place on these massive uh, in alien worlds, but I feel a lot of the time that even with the 3D ones, they're still constrained by keeping to Metroid's legacy, like having the, you know, the various doorways and um, passageways. I know that to a degree back on in prime, that was a technical, technical reason, but um, what do you think about opening up the environments a bit more and maybe disregarding some of the series legacy, like taking away some of the, making a bit more naturalistic, taking away the doors, you know, um, making uh, Samus overcome more, natural obstacles yeah i i really like that idea actually and you can you could probably take it too far and get into like open world game territory where yeah like all the environments are completely continuous and it's all part of this one big world that you're exploring there's no elevators there's no doorways and Mm. there's no load times um you could very quickly get to the point where it's impossible for that kind of environment to have all the things that we like about Metroid levels, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think you want it to be that expansive, but just maybe just in the art design. And I, Nick, I don't know if you played Metroid Prime 3 on the Wii. I did, I did. Um, the I felt that the art design in that game 
was starting to trend in the kind of direction you're talking about. You know, there were a lot of rooms where I felt like the door, you know, this big glowy octagonal thing, whatever it is, uh, that you have to shoot to move on to the next. You know, it's so distracting and it's so familiar that I felt Mm -hmm. a lot of the rooms actually were designed to hide those, like at the end of a long curved corridor or, you know, kind of underneath some growth and some some stuff in the environment because yeah. they wanted you to walk into the room and get the sense of, I don't know where the exits are. I don't know what the rules are in this place because it's mm. more natural looking or because of this crazy sky city architecture that, uh, that is kind of obscuring some of the artifacts of just it being a Metroid game that has to have certain Metroid things in it. So I feel like retro studios is perfectly capable of, of kind of peeling away some of those vestiges. And, and I think they have been going in that direction until they got sidetracked by Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it would definitely be a balance in how to approach it, but just taking away some of the more gamey elements that have been around since the NES game, mm-hmm. I think is a good sort of uh, starting point to take like, envisioning a new like direction for the series. What do you think, Nick, about uh, story and and how? Story. I don't know if you ever played Fusion because that one's kind of notorious in this regard. But even like Prime Three was a lot more story heavy, and then of course Other M, you know, is beyond mm. the pale. But what do you, what do you think about the role? Like, how much story should there be in these games? What what's the optimal amount that we should be looking for? It's, that's also difficult to really pinpoint exactly how to approach a story in Metroid because uh, you can't just keep repeating the same Super Metroid style story over and over again but people don't seem to react that well to cutscenes and story heavy like dialogue and things like that so hmm I just it's not it's not an obvious answer I would say I have a I have a theory on this I think the Metroid story works the best when the storyline is moving forward. When when new things are happening, those are the most interesting aspects of the series as it goes forward. And to me, where the series has started to fall apart a little bit um, is where it starts to look inward and it's starting to explore Samus's history and yep. her character motivation and how did she become a bounty hunter and what is her life like as a bounty hunter mm-hmm. and, and and all of these things to me add up to very little of my enjoyment of the series whereas you know when it when it dealt with oh gosh Samus uh, you know killed all the Metroids and now they're extinct except for this one baby that's attached itself to her and then that comes back later to save her later on and then it's killed it's sacrificed and then moving forward she's infected by the metroids and you know and 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 she has to go and reclaim the station to me like to me moving you know like in fusion people complain about the story because there's a lot of it and and that's just from a series that had virtually none before that you know other than Mm -hmm. like a, a five minute thing at the beginning so in Fusion, though, it had a lot of forward story. It had a lot of new stuff that's about the X-Virus and the SAX, this creepy, 
you know, Samus reflection that's very, very deadly and very scary. And all that stuff was really cool. And you're chasing down the X-Virus by using, you've turned the Metroid's powers for good, and but it's creepy and now you're weak to ice instead of to fire. You know, like all this weird yeah. stuff. And all that is so exciting. And the part where Fusion falls down a bit is when it gets into this, in a Samus's weird relationship with her old friend Adam and how now he's in the computer somehow and mm-hmm. she's haunted by these memories and whatever, you know, and then that stuff is even amplified and made a lot worse in other M. But the yeah. new stuff is actually interesting and cool. And I'm I just like, let's just focus on that. Let's just do new things. How about that? We know what the Metroid story is. You know, it's like Spider-Man. I don't need to see Spider-Man's origin for the fifth time when they reboot the series again. Just move on. Just show a new villain. You know, let's have a new yeah. story. Metroid needs e- the same thing. I would even say that deep down, you know, uh, people don't want to know Samus's backstory. It's a character that is better left to have mystery behind it. Yep. She's Han Solo but with a ponytail. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the more you know about her, the less interesting she is. Mm-hmm. Just um, moving on to like progression again. I want to go back to a bit of the pro- game progression. Uh, most of the time, the progression in Metroid games is sort of gated by what abilities you have, uh, what doors you can get through. Going back to having that more slightly more naturalistic approach to the environment, what would you think about uh, instead of gating it strictly by what power-ups you have. You could even start with most of your abilities, maybe. What happens if just certain areas are more difficult to get through? Uh, Some enemies are harder to get past, or you may need to go to another area first and use, say, something, one of your other abilities to activate something that immediate area you know like here's here's what i would do i would you you know have you ever played uh, metal gear solid 3 no i haven't so they take away um the radar like the all-powerful three-dimensional radar that you had before in metal gear solid which people have become so dependent upon Mm -hmm. and they give you this very basic kind of sonar systems you can kind of tell when somebody's nearby but not very accurately and you don't know what direction they're coming from and, but they give you this camouflage system, and they basically make you kind of relearn how to interact with the systems that were already in the game. Because mm-hmm. you have less information, um, but you have it forces you to pay attention to different things about the environment and the way the enemies are behaving. And what if um, in, in, in the next 3D Metroid, if it does have these more naturalistic environments and you're really kind of exploring this stuff in a more honest way, what if they start to strip down, they find some story excuse maybe to strip down all the overlay stuff, all the ho- all the really awesome, cool hologram yeah. interface stuff that, that was introduced with Metroid Prime. It was so groundbreaking at the time. It was so cool. Mm. And, we, and we've become very dependent upon it. Like that's the only way that we can actually recognize anything useful in the environment because that thing highlights it all the time. And you're always mm. going over the scan visor. And mm. what if for a change of pace... You kind of maybe Samus's helmet breaks or something, you know, during the beginning, and and you're kind of forced to just like learn how to pay closer attention to this very detailed artwork around you, and like learn what you can interact with just based on the way it's designed, you know, based yeah. on the way the surface looks, based mm-hmm. on the shape of it. That to me is like maybe a little pie in the sky, but I feel like that's really exciting kind of territory for Metroid to go into. I think Nintendo is generally very good at 
doing that sort of thing already. They design levels and environments that uh, yeah, you can exactly. just look at and know what to do with it. It plays to their strengths. And, mm. and it, plus, it would be such a shock, I think, because the stuff Metroid did with Interface is now in everything. And, mm-hmm. and if, you, if you really strip that stuff away, it changes the way you play the game. It changes the way you look at the game. And it's a great way to showcase their new graphical power, you know, in these new systems. So yeah. I don't know if it's realistic. It would, I mean, it would definitely be tricky to do, but um, it's just, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of directions. I mean, that's why I want a new Metroid so badly. It's why I talk about it all the time. And I'm, I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's do more Metroids. Because mm-hmm. I love this series and I love seeing it change. It's changed so much over the years. Yep. And I think there's so, so much potential left in this franchise. And uh, and I really want to see Nintendo try. I mean, sure, it, it doesn't always work out like with other M. Okay, pick, pick yourself back up and try again. You know, do something different and and try to keep making it better but i'm still excited about the idea of playing more metroid i i've never gotten sick of it and i think they're a long way from mm. from making me sick of metroid so i just really want to see it keep going yeah it would be interesting to open the game up in the midst of a boss battle straight away you just dropped in basically with a slight, small bit of setup and you samus loses that fight and loses the suit entirely you could start off as zero suit samus oh yeah you have to go find pieces of the suit maybe one at a time yeah like imagine just uh coming across the arm cannon by itself and she's only got the arm cannon i don't know how practical that would be but you know you could sort of see that as a, a twist on her gaining just upgrades to the suit she's already inside of well um skyward sword did that a little bit you know, there's a part of the game where you lose all your items and you have to get them back one at a time and you're kind of mm. stealthing around and, and it's, a, you know, it's a little bit like the stealth stuff at the end of Zero Mission. But, yeah. um, but it, it makes you appreciate those abilities that you had for most of the game that you'd been taking for granted mm-hmm. because now the, it's the only thing you have. And they can kind of set up this series of puzzles that really force you to use items like the boomerang or the bow and arrow that you had you know really hadn't been making much use of like you kind of thought you knew all the puzzles that you could do with that stuff but when it's the only tool you've got left you you know you can think of a lot of um mm. a lot of ways to take that with metroid too i think yeah it could be interesting if say the mission that samus is on is just she could just like just want to get off the planet she's separated from a ship or whatever and um what if there is an aspect of good like good aliens uh species on the planet and you have to utilize sort of pick and choose who to trust in terms of um alien life forms there may be some sort of plant life that is useful um that otherwise like maybe it attacks you at first but if you can get close enough to it without sort of awaking it you'll be able to use parts of the environment for different things huh. So you're not talking about like talking to these aliens. You're just no. I wasn't necessarily talking. Uh, no, I came across. You're just way, observing but... them and then trying to figure out how you might yeah, be able to take advantage of them. Pretty much everything in Metroid games, especially in the Prime ones, they just want to attack you, or the the alien life forms that are just running around will attack you. Yeah. You know, whereas if you can utilize some of them for things like even puzzles. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. So there's a lot of ways they can take it. I mean. 
I was also thinking, um, you know, the all these cutscenes in Other M really didn't work that great. I felt like they weren't. Mm. I didn't like the style of them, and and you know, there there wasn't that much story to it. Really, it was just kind of a lot of melodrama. And yeah. I thought, what would be better? I mean, if they're committed to telling a story in Metroid, what would I really? What would be the ideal form that that might take? Mm. And I thought of uh, Cowboy Bebop. I don't know if you're familiar with the anime series, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not like the world's biggest fan or anything, but I've seen it, a lot of it, and I think it's really cool. And I think it would be actually that style, the pace of the storytelling. They're not afraid to leave their characters really mysterious. They're not afraid mm-hmm. to take like wild style changes and, and like really focus on weird little aspects. But I feel like that kind of approach... Um, to a Metroid story would be really cool. And, you know, Nintendo could tie it in with like an anime series in Japan. Um, that, that seems like it, you know, could be great. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's been successful for a lot of uh, video game franchises. Like Yokai watch is basically popular because of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, the game came out, nobody cared. Then they made the show and then everybody wanted the game after that. So yeah, that could be huge for Metroid. Just to take that approach, it's already very compatible, I think, with Nintendo's, uh, you know, their their interest for Metroid in terms of making it more cinematic and, yeah. you know, adding some kind of Japanese flair to it, you know, because like the Japanese audience really doesn't care about Metroid, and that's too bad. That seems like something we should salvage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it appears Metroid's popularity sort of dwindled a bit over here in the west as well though so mm-hmm. and these are shot in the arm but what do you mean in the west you're like directly south of japan <laughs> you know america and other places outside japan <laughs> um, yeah um but i still i still can't really think what would a good metroid story be what is interesting uh outside of like if you just not, if you're gonna leave Samus out of it and basically have some set up some sort of story, what would be a good idea um, to explore? I really don't care. Mm-hmm. As long as it's told well, as long as it's stylish and it's not annoying and and it's brisk and it doesn't get in the way of playing the game, then I don't care what the plot is. I just yeah. I would like if they're going to do it, if they're going to put a lot of story in there, do it do it properly. Like make it at least fun to watch. Make it you know. Do it like the subspace emissary, you know, I mean, it's not telling the most interesting story ever, but it's goofy and it's really quick and it's entertaining while it lasts. I mean, to me, that's good enough for Metroid because the the core appeal of the series is not the story. The story is kind of a bonus. Mm. I think people like Metroid because of the exploration gameplay and the feeling that you're, you know, building a superhero piece by piece over the course of the game. Yeah. And and that's really what they should focus on. The story should just be kind of like a cool wrapper around it to make it, you know, more memorable versus the other games in the series. Mm. Would you like to see uh, the Metroid creatures be changed in any way? Do you think that would make it more interesting? Um, could they, you know, there's only, is there only one left or is there no, no more left uh, anymore in like, the future timeline after Fusion? Oh, you mean the Metroids themselves? Yeah, the Metroids themselves. Ah, the yeah. You know, I kind of like the way that they were handled in Prime, where they mm. were never really the boss. Maybe a little bit towards the end, but you know, I, th- I seem to remember fighting some weird, like interdimensional phase on Metroids that were 
kind of boss-like. But for the most part, they were kind of these tough enemies that are just hanging out and yeah. you can get through them if you're really good and if you're, if you're careful, but they are kind of scary and they're da- they always are dangerous no matter how powerful you are. Like you, if there's Metroids in the room, watch out because yeah. they'll take advantage of you. And um, I kind of like that. There's kind of this chaos element, but they're not really a boss. There's, it's not something that you build up to. It's more like you just turn the corner and, hey, here's a Metroid. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Get away from it or figure out how to kill it. Um, yeah. I, I, I like that more. It makes them feel more like animals. You know, mm-hmm. which is, it fits more in with all the other enemies in the game. Yeah. I guess, it, um, say, if, if they did uh, use Zero Suit Samus a bit more, uh, encountering Metroids in Zero Suit form would be oh, yeah. far more terrifying. You could use, like, have an environment that is a bit more like a horror game, maybe it's very dark, mm-hmm. and um, Samus has to creep around a lot more just to try and minimize the... Uh, getting the metroids involved at all right yeah i mean it would be a lot more like uh alien isolation mm. from last year you wouldn't want the whole game like that but just you no, know maybe early on it would be good to set the mood yeah maybe or maybe mm. like a break Even in late the middle in the game. yeah um just you know right right when you're getting a little bit too much momentum you know they yeah. kind of give you this break mm. yeah that could be cool i like that or the what what would be the like what happens if um there is just a lot of Metroids, like a huge amount of them in, in, on a planet. And now, now you're just talking about aliens. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> they already did Alien Resurrection, which was Metroid Fusion, where they yeah. combined the, he- the heroin with the alien DNA mm-hmm. and then something new comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Metroid is aliens. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that complicated. But, uh, you know, for, for me... All that stuff is gravy, but the the big thing to me is what are your new abilities? Because mm-hmm. those are the main feature of Metroid, and the the sequence that you go through to get new abilities and to gain access to new parts of the world to explore is basically ninety percent of what I love about Metroid. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, and and it all comes down to how well do they pull off that chain of events. You know, how interesting are these levels that chain abilities to each other? How well do those levels take advantage of the abilities that you have and make you mm-hmm. challenge your ideas about the best way to use that stuff and how to incorporate it into your play style? Yeah. And, and, and a new Metroid game really needs to have new content in that regard. Because if it doesn't have new upgrades, it's not really a new Metroid game to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a remix. It's like a level pack or something. But yep. you've got to have new abilities. They've got to be able to surprise you with what you can do. That's the fun part. You know, it's like watching Spider-Man on the rooftop learn to use his powers. He mm-hmm. he knows he has all these new capabilities, but he's not really sure what he's capable of. And he just goes out there and he throws himself at a wall and, and, and tries to see what he can do. And that's fun in Metroid. It's It's never... Never yeah. stop being fun to me, but you have to keep mixing it up. So throw away the old powers. I mean, we can have mm-hmm. a Metroid game without Screw Attack. It's not going to be the end of the world. You know, Screw yeah, Attack yeah. is is in a way not that interesting of an item. It just makes you invincible. Mm-hmm. It's just like a it's an invincibility star that that turns on every time you jump. It makes the game really easy. 
that yeah. may not be the best way to end every Metroid game. So <laughs> leave that old stuff behind. We've seen it before. We kind of know what you can do with it. And and focus on new stuff and, and make us relearn how to play a Metroid game with all new uh, powers. It would That's be cool. Um, ideal sorry, to it, me. Yeah, it would be cool if Samus was on a planet that had like an, an ancient, an old civilization that was advanced as well and she could incorporate new technologies into her suit. Maybe she's forced to because it's yeah. malfunctioned. Uh, then you could, you could get a bit crazy with it because the technology wouldn't necessarily have to be based off the, the Chozo um, design then. It right. could just sort of change the way her suit works in a really weird way. Um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but, you know, you could see them doing some odd power-ups that are out of character for Metroid. Yeah, she could walk right into Aperture Labs and grab a portal gun and go to town. <laughs> Basically, there's, yeah. There's yeah. so many possibilities. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think there's, there's, you know, that's really what I'm interested in. I, I don't really care about how you're going to introduce me to the super missile all over again. You know? Yeah. But we've done that a bunch. Yeah. So let's do something I've... new with Metroid. It's it's just too good to waste on just kind of redoing the same things over and over. Yeah. That's how I feel about a lot of Nintendo franchises, actually, especially in like recent years, Zelda. I would like to just see them, you know, not don't be scared to throw things away. Or yeah, absolutely. do things differently. That's what they used to do all the time. And they seem to have backed away from that a little bit. Yeah, they seem to think, well, if we don't include the boomerang in Zelda, then people won't know it's a Zelda game. Like, no, nah, <laughs> we're fine. We get it. It's, mm. It says Zelda on the box. You can do whatever you want. Yep. Make it make it cool, man. All right. Uh, that'll probably do us for this uh, segment. Uh, thanks for joining me, Johnny. Thanks for putting up with my late night, exhausted, curmudgeonly ramblings about Metroid. That's right. I'm sure... Someone's going to listen to it. <laughs> All right. And, and congrats, by the way, on uh, on relaunching, revamping connectivity. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, I'm not sure how successful it's going so far, but we'll keep trucking along, eh? Yeah, keep at it. You know, that's how uh, that's how you kind mm-hmm. of figure out what you really want to do is keep doing it. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Bye, everyone. Bye. And that's it for connectivity this week. If you have any feedback, please leave some comments in the talkback thread on the forums. We are also in need of more listener mail, so please consider sending in your questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. And if you enjoy connectivity, please rate and review us on iTunes. This week's song is an orchestrated Chrono Trigger medley from the bonus CD that was included with the Nintendo DS version of the game. Thanks for listening.